Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. If you could wave a magic wand and go back to 2002, would you do it? And the Thursday night win over the New York Jets. Was that an all-time Browns moment in Cleveland, Ohio? Sure seemed like it. And I saw True Detective for the first time ever. We'll talk about it all on the Emerging Podcast Scene, presented by Extend Technologies. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. By the way, that open... With the Sopranos, I asked you, I saw something on Twitter, because I follow a Sopranos person on Twitter. Have you seen Adriana lately? No, no, you mentioned this earlier. Holy smokes. And I didn't even have a chance to go watch it, because I don't want to be distracted. 
Because that certainly happens sometimes. Better than what she looked like in the show. Congratulations to her. So you know what? I'm not going to look it up now either. I'm oh, my. No, I kind of want you to look it up on your... Because I want to hear the li- I want to hear the live. Well, just look up on Instagram. It's okay. fine. Okay. I want to hear the live reaction. Drea De Matteo, right? Yeah. Okay. Because um, sometimes the names, like there's some names, I just she was on Sons of Anarchy too. I think. Like I don't, which I never saw, and I, I know a lot of people said it was really good. People always have to remind me Meadows, who who played Meadow. Meadow Lark Lemon. Okay. Uh, Meadow was. Oh my God, she dated Turtle. I know. She? That's why I'm like, yeah. Who is the son? Aren't they on a podcast together? They are on a podcast together. And I don't know their names. I've seen it pop into my feed a couple times lately, and I have no clue what they're I think she does, like, a a commercial for drugs or for, like, a drug you can take for something. (laughs) For fentanyl? No, no. It's Anthony Lima for meth. I think that's another member of the Lima family. Jamie Lynn Sigler. Don't believe what you've seen. Thank you. Did you look her up? I did. I mean. She's certainly uh, kept kept that uh, physique. Unbelievable. Oh, she's got kids? Wow. She's got children. Oh, my goodness. Good for her. I mean, right. credit where it's due. We're equal opportunity. I mean, I'll, I'll say. a million followers. Yeah. All right. It's, that's amazing. I, I was like, what is this? Yep. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Brought to you by Extend. Put the phone down. Let's continue. Sopranos? Where's it, where's it on your all-time shows? Uh, I still have Mad Men number one. Me too. Breaking Bad number two. And again, I didn't see Game of Thrones. I didn't see Sons of Anarchy, and I'm probably not ever going to. I didn't see Dexter. That one I might. People have been telling me I should. Dexter, I watched much later, and it was very good. Yep. I watched the first episode ever of True Detective over this oh! last week. So The one where he goes, you better start asking the right bleeping this questions. This is Woody Harrelson. And, and the first I didn't know they changed people every season. Yeah. I didn't oh my know God, that. Kenny, this is all we've been doing. We skip season two based on 100% of people telling me, skip season two, go to season three. Went to season three with actor's name, who I can never pronounce. For which show? Meshambapolitan Ali. Yeah. Oh, Marshal Ali. Yes. Yeah. Marishka um, Hargitay. This season three is amazing, and it's all leading up to now what will be a season four. Also set up well. That's going to debut at the end of January. So I don't know that I have a reason to go back to season two. Yeah. Maybe down the road. That's where I'm kind Vince of Vaughn excited. Vince Vaughn and uh, Colin... Firth. Firth or Farrell or Firth? I Farrell. Don't know. I, think. I think Liz didn't understand because she's like, I want to see this show. It's about true crime, but it's an HBO show. And she did because the ch- characters yeah. change. And she didn't know because I was like, well, Woody Harrelson and, and Matthew McConaughey, True Detective. Yeah. I just I watched the first they are so good. episode when you came they in. They are so good, Kenny. And the way it's shot... The, the the way that the the idea of revisiting with these guys at different times of their lives yeah fx the has acting's been doing amazing this stuff for a little while i know this true detective was it started a while ago right yeah. it was like right after woody harrelson won an oscar i think for the dallas buyers club thing mm-hmm. but uh i wanted to see there's a new fargo yeah new, i heard it's great and it's i john, heard that yeah it's john ham is in it and i want to see it because oh, of that and he's amazing oh yeah i didn't see fletch though I uh, the redo. I didn't either. I want to. Oh, guess what movie I saw for the first time ever over the week? You're Jur- gonna. You're Jurassic gonna, Park. No. What? No. The Jerk. I just started watching the Jerk. I had never seen the Jerk. Two weeks. It must ago. be showing up. And yes. I, yeah, I'm telling you. And I saw it for the first time ever. And I'm like, this is funny. Good stuff. I'm about 40 minutes in. It's yeah. the good. first time that I, I watched it when I was 18 or 19. Like 
I watched Caddyshack then too, and I was like, yeah. this isn't as good as my stuff. Oh, I and got, now I'm like, no, it's good. I got there's there's it's a couple of guys good. I know who are older, and they're 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 friends, and they're older, like their kids are in high school and stuff like that, and they had kids late in their lives, so they're like in their 60s now, and they get very agitated that I said I seen I've seen Animal House a couple times. Like, they do not believe that you can only see Animal House, like, twice. Like, they're always quoting Animal House. I'm like, well, that's great, but my, you know, mine is probably, right. name any of the ones of of mid to late 90s, early 2000s, and even some of those things have not held up as well, but are still classic comedy movies, things like that. Um you know the Happy Gilmores, the uh, the Billy Madisons, you know that type of thing. Even though it's almost the same movie in a lot of ways. Either way, Tommy Boy. You know, to me, Tommy Boy is is that's to me that's my generation's Animal House in a lot of ways. Tommy Boy yeah. is just amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's other people that help, that hold it in their own high regard because you know and now it's become the golden age, the last stand of comedy because nobody makes comedies anymore because well they're afraid they're going to get in trouble, so nobody makes a good comedy anymore. So that's that's sad, but it's true. Um, Anywho, I just want to know. Yeah, but I saw I saw the first episode. I like the first episode, but I know Liz isn't going to watch it with me. So now I, I have know. to. Sarah, Sarah was into it, and I didn't Liz think she would like not. it at all. Liz was not. Sarah doesn't like anything I like, and she's engrossed in True I w- Detective. I was surprised she wasn't in- interested. She didn't seem to be interested in it. And so uh, I'm going to have to find time on my own to watch True Detective. All right. want to know. Thursday. We're brought to you by Extend. Um, by the way, Thursday, this coming Thursday, I do t- two days from now, I do want to review The Wrestler. Wrestlers. Yeah. Okay. I saw it in one day. I was engrossed. <laughs> we'll talk about it. I'm fighting everything I can not to just take the wheel of the truck and drive it right into wrestlers and just do a wrestlers thing. Was Thursday night the best night in Brown's history since 1999? So I'm so mad that I went to the two games prior and didn't go to this game. So yeah. I only have so many dates, as you guys know. Yeah. House arrest. Uh, I got the ankle bracelet. I can't. It's called fatherhood, Anthony. Stop calling it you house call arrest. It, you call it whatever you want. All I know is my rights have been taken away from it's me. It's called spouse. My, my rights are, have been taken away from me, and I'm not permitted to leave the house, or I feel, I, I'm guilt-tripped if I leave the house. With that said, Sarah allowed me to go to the Bears game, and that was on short notice. Okay. And we got had, an invite, got a good spot. We had a right? great time for that. And yep. then the Jacksonville game. She was where great. Where I with sat in a suite, and that was great. Well, you make her out to be a bit of a. But she did let me. Yeah, she loved me. Pain. I couldn't reasonably, especially with her, she, she's four to five weeks out now. I couldn't reasonably take off another Sunday where she knows it's not just, oh, I'm going to go to the game from one till four. I'm home at 4.15. No, if I go to a. Or if that was a night game. So right. the night game starts at what time? 8.15? Yeah, yep. but you need to get down there at what okay. time? Oh, God, yeah. She it knows, you know, the American people know. If you're letting me out of the house for that, I'm leaving at 4 and coming home at 2 in the morning. The cat's away. So there's just no way. So Downtown. I didn't even bring it up as a, as a possibility. I only have so many of these left before the second baby comes. It's not happening. I have great regret. I would have traded the other two games to go to that one. What a pep rally. To have a full night. I mean, I sat. I ended up going. I still left the house. I over, went over to Keith's house right, right across the street. Yeah, you me. did. And we watched down in his in his setup, and we had a blast. And I just sat there, sipping bourbon, going, I can't believe what I'm watching. Almost like the playoff game against Pittsburgh. Same exact scenario where, I now in that game, maybe you thought we were going to lose. 
oh, we talked ourselves into hoping we would win. This Jets game, we knew they were going to win right. from moment one. Okay. That would be said, the ass though, I didn't know it there was were going to be Patrick Mahomes looking, uh, looking, Joe Flacco looking like Patrick Mahomes. I didn't know that. There were a lot of people. I kept asking for reassurance because I had a weird feeling. It was Keith who gave me the reassurance of everybody. I had no reassurance from anybody else. I talked to a lot of people. They're like, yeah, no, man. That defense, the Jets' yeah, defense, their defense right? is pretty good. But I, the Rallying reason I said around Salah, but I supposedly it, coming back next year. This is what sucks about not having a show uh, leading up to that. Is I didn't get to say any of this on the air. I only got to say it in the pregame. But the pregame's the pregame. Like I'm different. Like I'm not gonna sit there and go on a on a me style rant and rave and get in a fight. Got things you have to do. Yeah, during eight minute segments where we're it's a pregame or even on the preview show. If I were with you, I got to make this point a little bit, but I didn't really get to nail it down. I'm going, guys, look at their rush defense. Their rush defense is 24th in the league. You can't People run the ball aren't on passing them. on them because yeah. they don't have to. Maybe you can't run They're on Houston. Running the ball. Maybe and, Jacksonville. And what did Jerome Ford do? He was great. Oh, Pierre yeah. Strong was a fire plug. Kareem Hunt went right down the balls of the things and, and went opened, right to the end zone. It opened up everything. Yes. I'm going, they're not. I go, their defense is good in name only. It's the same thing. They're going through the same frustration I think we did before. So one day it's going to click with the right person, obviously. But I think they're going through the same things we did where it's like, our pass defense is so good. Why is all this? And it's like, well, you're just a lot of things aren't going the right way for you. Like we used to have. A, I remember the one time we were seventh in pass defense, and I kept making this point. And I'll give Zach credit. Zach's like Kenny. The rush defense is twenty eighth. <laughs> yeah, they're not having to throw the ball against you. Stop it. I was like twenty six at the time. And so then I, I just you see rankings. Rankings and numbers don't tell you everything. But when people see number two in pass defense, people freak out. I'm going, no, I watch the Jets. I do. I watch the Jets every week, and I shouldn't, but I do, even though they're definitely on the unwatchables list, guarantee it. And they were on probably the first iteration of that. Um, I've watched the Jets every week because I find the Jets to be fascinating because I am so disgusted uh, that they would have a franchise that just allows Aaron Rodgers to just dictate his terms any, any way he wants. You know, you can say whatever you want to about Watson. At least Watson has, like... There's a future there at 27 years old. Like, this is it with Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. and I just can't believe you would not allow yourself. I can understand you giving up everything, but I can't believe that you would just not have a plan B in case a 39-year-old man gets hurt. They had Flacco last year. They said some very nice things out the door for Flacco, did they not? Yes. And, And sometimes that happens, sometimes that doesn't. It's tough to try to parse out and figure if it really means anything. But they they really fondly thought of Flacco and what a pro he was. They must have truly thought that the, the, they couldn't have him there with Aaron Rodgers. And, and like it's got, they, it didn't yeah. make any sense. And I'm just so fascinated by the whole thing. Like everybody's like, people are starting to get tired of hearing about Aaron Rodgers. And I understand that, but I'm fascinated by it. Like I'm watching the game on on Thursday night with Axel, and Axel's like, "Is he a coach?" And I looked up, and he had a headset. And I'm like, no. And he, but he had a headset on, and his mouthpiece—he's talking into yeah, the—he's he talking into the mouthpiece on the headset. He's—he's he's talking to somebody. Who's he talking to? And I went, well, you know what? Honestly, X by now, Joe maybe Rogan. is. Maybe okay. Well done. Maybe he is. Now, by now, who knows yeah. what they're willing to allow him to do? I mean, they—they they put him yeah. on the active roster. Why would you put and him on the active roster? Yeah. yeah, you cut a guy, and you want to bring yeah. him on the active roster for what? So he can get his work in. Like there was—it's nonsensical. Although it's and uh, it has built up. I want to see Aaron Rodgers next year. Oh I yeah, want to easily see yes. But it, it's part of the reason I said this today on the show. It that game crystallized. 
was such a perfect look into what the Browns have become and what they used to be. Because the Jets, Aaron Rodgers went down, and everybody went, well, this is not our year. And they have been in Cancun in their heads for three months. They were making business decisions very early in that game. So you knew the Browns just had to not screw it up at that point. Because, hey, we won on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Great win. And it's right. And and because of my nerves, I didn't want to see it. Like I I didn't stop taking notes until there was like a minute 19 left. I'm going... They're not coming back from three scores yeah. and no timeouts in a minute 19, Kenny. This is over. Yeah, there was a dicey moment where it was a two-possession game. Uh-huh. And you're like, man, if something bad happens, this, yep. this game could change. But in the end, you had a faith. Like, you had a faith in the team. So you asked the question about what it was like. So I told you, unfortunately, I wasn't down there. So I was for so, yeah, the beginning. So you got to be down there. My buddies, all to a man, said that was an all-time night. All-time Cleveland sports night. Uh, from the moment that that game started, from the great stuff the Browns, remember, they've had years of trying to find stuff that works to try to start a tradition, to try to have a home field advantage, to get people synchronized on the same page for pregame stuff and then into the game. And whatever, all those years of us kind of making fun of it, it worked. That stuff looked great on camera. Yeah. Everybody that was there at the game, it looked like they stayed till the minute the game ended. It looked like the entire stadium stood yep. from start to finish. And it, it it really created, and you need a good team to do this. You need a team that you finally buy into. I don't know if they bought into them, you know, weeks ago when the place was, you know, kind of empty for some of those games. I think they they have bought in because you need a good team to facilitate this. The fans were all in, and you and you sometimes you're like, oh, it didn't really bleed over onto the TV. Nope. In this case, you could tell oh, watching Michael's at home talking about it. how awesome that environment was. Kirk Herbstreit could not stop talking about it. I felt bad for his dog at one point. I'm like, man, you got to put some earmuffs or something on that dog because you know he loves that dog, and it's got to be too loud for that dog. Yeah. That dog goes everywhere with Kirk Herbstreit. My dad, my uncle, excuse me, my uncle, I used to go to uh, National Trail Raceway for the Spring Nationals, NHRA Spring Nationals. Well, by that time, they were called the Pontiac Excitement Nationals, and they would have the Spring Nationals in June, which is weird, but either way... Um, for the Pontiac Excitement Nationals, I remember my uncle confronted somebody. They brought their dog. That's it's so sad. We're talking 1,100 horsepower here, and it's like, <laughs> this is a bad decision for you yeah. bringing your dog. Because my uncle didn't care. He yeah, was confrontational with everybody. They did it on fireworks and gunshot night. <laughs> not I, a good idea. He was, my uncle was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because he had, my uncle had poodles, and he was obsessed with those dogs. He had uh, he had one named uh, Randy and one named Buttons. <laughs> Randy. Randy with an I. Randy Buffington. Listen to that show. Show Randy yeah. buttons in the morning. I mean that dog. He loved those dogs. Anyway, sorry, but yeah. So so great it, atmosphere. It looked like an all time atmosphere, and of course you didn't have a playoff game at home for the Pittsburgh season. The the year you go, go into Pittsburgh and win Best that since game. Since ninety nine. And what home games were really memorable that season? Again, COVID. It it, it yep. kind of hurt that entire era. So now you got to go almost outside of the Browns and compare it to Cavs and Indians, which I saw people were doing. Mm. And I don't think you need to sit there and go, this is better, this is better. But, man, it was an all-time night, and I am so devastated that I ended up going to the Bears and Jacksonville games and not this game because it should have been this one. should have been this one. I missed out. It was it was a – so I got there. Pre-game started at 430. I pulled into downtown at 350, and I'm like, thank God I did not wait any longer because it was – because you're off that week. Who and was working other, Friday? Well, but other Unless people are to. working. Yeah. and there, So there's people leaving downtown for work. There are people driving into downtown already. There's been people there partying oh, yeah. all day. 
if you've like, taken the week off from work yeah. because it's the end of the season for you or, or end of the year. It right? was a madhouse. You're it, coming down and hitting the bars. At, dude, it, yeah. yes. It was a people just walking out into traffic. Like you're going down, you're going down ninth at like 10 miles an hour. Lower than that, creeping uh-huh. along because people just they were walking in traffic. Finally, they got some cops out there and kind of had uh-huh. some order. But for a while, it was nuts. So like pulling around the Hall of Fame, usually it's it's eight a.m., so it's a ghost town. I mean, there's people there work getting ready to go into the stadium to work On a but Sunday it, too. So, yeah, yeah, but it's not. Everybody's over at the Muni lot or at the pit already. Like they're not hanging out by the stadium yet. And this was just an ocean of people. Like you're trying to drive through. And then I pulled in, I saw it, and they were like, hey, you got to make an announcement. People are already at the gates. And it was like an hour until the gates even opened. It's like, you guys got to get down here. Like, people were ready to go in. Again, I saw I saw one guy in a Zach Wilson jersey. And I saw one guy, when I pulled into the north lot, there was a guy in, like, this old beat-ass, like, Jets jacket that I said it, looked, it had to be owned by Rich Kotite. <laughs> or he bought it during the Rich Kotite years. Like, that had to be it. Like, it was it was rough. And those were the only two Jets fans I saw the entire day. It is such a rarity. Like I told you, there were Cardinals fans. There was a gaggle of Cardinals fans. Might have been a dozen, but there were still more than two. And this was the most with it that that the most Browns lopsided at home I've ever seen it with a fan base. Yeah, I wonder how many Jets fans because I'm sure that was probably, you know, that game is a popular Christmas gift game, right? Mm-hmm. People are buying tickets. So how many when the schedule came out, Jets fans? Bought their family members those tickets, and then after Aaron Rodgers goes down, goes, yep. Yeah, that's it. We're going to sell yeah. those things on the secondary. But it was also weird because, like, the Bears game, there was definitely a large contingent of Browns fans. That Jags game, I told you, man, there was a bunch of different jerseys. Like, it just didn't see, and maybe it's because they were, I think maybe some people were waiting for the other shoe to drop because they lost two in a row before they came home. Mm-hmm. And so they really yeah. didn't think much. Boy, I think there, I think there's something there. Yeah, and the, we were doing market watch, and market. I remember it was like f- nine bucks a ticket or something like yes. that. Was that the Jacksonville game? Well, yeah. That's one of those games where if you just live here for you know work or you're a fan, like for me, I would probably go to that game, and I don't ever wear brown stuff. I will wear a neutral color or I'll wear an orange shirt or something like that. But I would probably go to that game. I wouldn't wear my Chiefs jersey there. No. But a lot of people do that. A lot of people go, Dude, especially yeah. when you don't live near your team, you go to other other games. It was weird. Yeah, thir- but Thursday team. was a perfect storm because you knew a win and you were in. So it was going to be a coronation. Second of all, people in from out of town right. that are from Visiting, Cleveland, yeah. that live in Chicago, L.A., New York, Boston, Austin, all these places, they're home. Kids they are going to the game. Winter break from... From college. Regardless yeah. of what the weather was going to be, and it turned out to be fine. If you're going to chilling. Columbus, you're not worried about going to Dallas for that game, right? Yeah. You're going. Yeah, so you were going to this game no matter what. That's why those ticket prices, they were always a little higher. You know, they weren't the Steeler prices, but they were always a little higher. And then once they won the previous game, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they were, jumped. I looked Thursday morning, and it was 215 you know, to get in the door. What would a playoff game cost at home? I mean, seriously, a home secondary market, four hundred, four hundred. Yeah, I mean, to go get... set row forty of five thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember the, the the first year changed by the time the Cavs were in their fourth straight NBA Finals. Right, that first year on flash seats, get in price, worst seats in the house was north of four fifty, close yeah. to five hundred. 
Um, now, less seats, but you know there's a few games. You're at least getting two games, right. right? This case, I mean, this is it. If you had a home playoff game, this is it. This is the only one you get. Oh, I mean, I shouldn't say that. If you win and you have a higher seed, you have a chance to get another one. But, like, if you were the one seed. Right. I mean, my God. I can't even imagine what a conference championship game is. So if you win 4-5, or five, who do you play after that? You play whoever's left on the You're other gonna, side of the bracket. I mean, you. What do you mean? You have to pull for the lower seeds. So, like, you need Buffalo to get yeah. in because Buffalo seems dangerous, right? All, all the national pundits are telling you that Buffalo's the dangerous team of Which, the, a month ago, they said Sean McDermott right. needs to be fired. And, well, Buffalo but, could end up with the two seed. But if they end up with the six seed, then they can come and still win because they will play three. They could still win, and somehow, you know, you need help, but being the top wild card seed at least mm-hmm. gives you a chance to to still have a home game. You need those lower seeds to win. I don't know if there's somebody going to come and somebody's going to have to upset Baltimore, and then I think the only thing you can host right now is the AFC Championship. The AFC yeah. Championship yeah. game. But how does that work? I I got to be honest, I'm blanking on the format as much as I've talked about the playoff format. Well, it what happens seed- if you have a better record? Then Buffalo, but Buffalo is a higher seed. Record, records don't matter. It's so it's, it's just seed. It's Buffalo, seeds. we cannot. We if Buffalo is a two seed, right. you cannot host Buffalo. Yeah. There you go. Even though you have a better record than right. them, even though you have a better record, just so ridiculous. It is so but it's ridiculous. It, it might be, but but if Buffalo is a six we seed, chosen. if Buffalo gets in right. as the six seed, right. And how crazy will that? If that's oh my the God. AFC Championship game, oh my God! The team that's three hours away and is just as Folks, fanatical as you—that would be that would be as big as it gets. I, I mean, that would be Devon calling for the tables or who? I mean, oh it would God. be it would be a crazy. tailgate off because you know there'd be some yes. Bills fans. Not yes. a lot. Not a lot would be getting but, there, man. You know, Only like the rich Malsey, ones. Was it May Young? I, they I power bombed off. Yes. <laughs> I would not put it past Bills fans to just go to Mall C and be like, yeah, I know we're not supposed to tailgate here, but, but we're, we're doing coming. Oh my god! Because um, that's what they do in Orchard Park. They just do it are, in like yards. And you know, furthermore, this is a, a weird thing that I've found over time that I didn't know existed previously. I've lived back in Cleveland ten years, twelve years now. <coughs> because Cleveland's a bigger city than Buffalo, so the job market is actually a right. little better than it is in Buffalo. You got a bunch of Buffalo people that live here. Yes. You I actually they went just, to John Carroll yep, and they stayed here. Yep. So my wife's cousin just married a guy from Buffalo, moved down here because of business, mm-hmm. right? Is here and knows 70 Bills fans here. And we love they them, all, right? Yep. We don't right. get into fights with Bills fans. Right. We've, we've always appreciated them. It's all, yes. Remember, they were the one team other than Pittsburgh where their, their supported, ownership yeah. supported the Browns yeah. during the time off and they, they welcomed us. So there's never been a rivalry really with the Bills. We had the one playoff game, Jim Kelly. The, we've talked about that. Uh, that's like one of the vivid memories of my childhood was that interception in the end zone by Clay Matthews. Right. I still get chills thinking about that. Great pick. But there hasn't been a hatred for the Bills. That would change. Yeah, it if would. You get a playoff oh, game. Yeah, well, very, very you significantly. Being, you guys see it. I used to wear those. I had two red Chiefs hoodies, and I wore them everywhere all the time. And I don't wear them as much in public <laughs> yeah. now anymore. And it's not a shame thing or anything like that. Although they kind of suck this year. so uh, They suck. They What's suck their record? at 10 and that's, 6. Yes, it's unbelievable. The, uh, I mean, it is unbelievable when I look at message boards and people are like, look, guys, we got to make changes. But still. <laughs> but I'm saying it just, it does go from people used to always look at me and go, hey, we're kind of the same, right? Yeah. And then it became like, all right, we're done. <sighs> yeah. Enough of you. Yeah. We're done. Well, plus you've been good enough for so long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I don't think people. And have, that's where the you know the Browns have the potential. I I don't want to look towards what the spring's going to bring and all that, but the Browns have a potential to be like enough of you in three or four years, right? For other fan bases, which would be let me tell you. It's a great spot to be in. That would be fun. I have to admit. Can I have one more observation about the game before I bring up the magic wand with you? Now, I've been very defensive of Al Michaels. Very defensive of Al Michaels. This is the thing that BSM picks up if they they pick up anything. A lot of people took today off. Um, I've been very defensive of Al Michaels. I watch Thursday Night Football. I go, come on, guys. Like, okay, he doesn't get excited over a couple of plays here and there, but... He's not Gus it's still, Yeah, it's still Al Michaels. He's still a legend. Come on. Let's, let's all relax. I have to admit, though, now that my team has played on Thursday night and Al Michaels has been on the Thursday night <laughs> call my team, it was a little frustrating when I don't know what to think over a interception or a fumble. Like the the t- who fumble it wasn't David Njoku there was another fumble. Was it Jerome Ford or somebody else? Who else fumbled? Somebody else fumbled. Cream Hunt, Pierre Strong, anybody who fumbled. Somebody fumbled. It what that was another fumble. It was not just David Njoku. And he was so nonchalant about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At this stage. Yeah, and I'm like, well, is it a fumble or not? Because usually there is an excitement going, ball's loose, and it's the, you know, and the oh Jets God. have it. Like, it's one of those things. And so now Last I know night, how to Chris react. Chris Fowler on that fumble in the fourth quarter when uh, Alabama was up seven and driving at, like, yeah. the 45, there was a fumble, and Chris Fowler, it was like his – I don't remember Chris Fowler being that good. He was amazing because oh, yeah. you sensed this was a huge moment. You're not getting that from Al Michaels at this point. Yeah. Who this was it? Pierre. Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong. Yep. He fumbled it. And I don't rem- I don't get the excitement to know how to feel because it's like, well, is it fumbled or not? Well, we'll be back after this. And it's like, well, c- give me something here because I'm taking my notes and I got to know how to feel about this. Like it messes with your emotions. Right. Because I'm sitting there going, man, this is a bad, this is a bad thing. This is really bad. Like when they, um, who was it who, who got the pick now? When Joe Flacco, and I wrote in my notes, I go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen Joe Flacco do. And then he, he and Jerome Ford made up for it yeah. the very next series oh, yeah, with a 50-yard touchdown. But he threw that pick, and it was like not, a, it didn't sound like a big deal. And I'm going, this is a big deal. Yeah. This is, I mean, they, the Browns, remember they were driving before that pick. And it's 27-7. If they score, even if they make it 30-7, to could you imagine what what does 30-7 to look like up on the scoreboard at halftime? Do you, I mean, do Jesus. You think, do you think it's because <laughs> Al Michaels has just done so much? He has authored some of the greatest moments literally in sports history. He's done so many NFL games that Browns, Jets, not going to move the meter for him. But it's a I know playoff got, game. It's I the know, NFL. I know you got paid, and I know. you're doing the signature game at Herb Street, and, and you've got a lot of people working on these games, a lot of people watching these games. Do you think it's hard for him to get up for it I at think, this stage of his career? I hate to say it, but I think we'd be giving him way too much credit. I think that he may genuinely not know who has the ball on fumbles at that moment where before he was able to pick up on it quicker. Yeah. I mean, he well, is. Well, this happened to Don, Don Creaky. Uh, yes. How do you I mean, pronounce it? We all get older. Um, we all, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, because again. Saying I, he's not a, able to track as well on field stuff. Yes. yes he's some a, are all struggled at the end. He's an 80-year-old man. 
Even Marv doing the NBA games at the end, I still loved his voice yeah. on the games. Even, he wasn't picking up on calls. When you get burnt by those, so you have a spotter, right, for yeah. everything, and those guys probably have how many spotters up there, you know, handling. Oh, for Amazon? I mean, yeah. good God. Uh, so you've got a spotter, and there's probably a point in his career where he's making that call, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what the spotter says. Right, like, right. He's making the call, but there's, you know, I'm sure he's been burnt here in you know recent years, with that. See now well. you wait for the spotter to confirm you, and then maybe you wait for the guy to come out of the pile and have the ball in his hand, and you can clearly see the number on the jersey. It's, it might be just harder to recognize those things at at nearly eighty years old, and so I hope I, I really hope he's not above these games. I mean, you took your check. And you're still well, out, Michael. It Michaels. seems like it. Well, I guess it wasn't him, but he's not doing the NBC game like he was supposed to. No, the which is which sucks. Uh, well, it doesn't suck for No I Eagle, mean, and we yeah. like No Eagle because of it. Well, I mean, I think he's good too, but I like his. I like obviously, <laughs> you know, we're all huge fans of his father. So for it, as it much as it would be easy to resent Noah Eagle, uh, he's done a pretty good job of making. That's sure odd. Of it. I think a lot of people don't like Noah Eagle because of his father, and I'm the opposite. I it I was like, oh, this kid's good. You know he's good. I like No Eagle. My, what's crazy is my my neighbor who's retired across the street, sixty something years old. Chiefs and Raiders played Christmas Day, and it was on CBS, but it was also on Nickelodeon. I didn't even know it was on Nickelodeon. I, I didn't even think about it, but my my neighbor comes over and he's like, "So big game tomorrow, huh?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "You watching the Nickelodeon broadcast?" I'm like, "Probably not. Probably gonna <laughs> no. watch you know Old Faithful there on CBS." And he was like, "That Noah Eagle, he is real." And he was like. You told me who he was. He's fun. And I did. I told him pretty early, like, oh, that's a son of a guy that we have on the show a lot and all that. And he was like, he is good. Oh, he's I think really he's good. good. I, I think a lot of these guys, again, they're, it's like they're made out in a factory. They all have the same phrases. Right. Lima, you and I have talked about it a bunch. It's almost like a conveyor belt of play-by-play guys. And it's like they're trying to be too cool. Like, they got to show off the kicks and things like that. And it's like... You're just trying to separate yourself from everybody, but there's nothing there. And I'm like, no, Eagle's actually fun. I think he's great. But I do think it helped a little bit because we like his dad so much. It's like, okay, well, we're going to like his son, too. We're going to like Noah, too. Which some people, a lot of people, actually has the reverse effect. I get very defensive. I've been very defensive of Al Michaels over the last couple of years. But I do no- I did notice, and I wrote it down in my observations during the game on Thursday, going, man... It is very hard to know how to feel in these moments because I'm like, well, if Al Michaels isn't making a big deal about it, if they're not making a big deal about it, then it, it's still going to be our ball, no big deal. And so it plays with your emotions a little bit. That's all I'll say on it. I still love Al Michaels, yeah. Oh, yeah. but that's all I'll say on it. Okay, so the magic wand theory. We don't have much time. Ask people the question. So on the heels of this amazing game we had last night between Alabama and Michigan, maybe it's the bad time to ask the question, um, but... If you had a magic wand and you could take college football right back in the year I'm going to choose is when Ohio State won the national championship in 2002, technically in 2003, would you go back to that era of college football? What I mean by that is no NIL, no unlimited transfer portal, no expanded playoff, which is what we're going to get next year. You just get the BCS. You get one damn game. But the bowl season is back to what you knew the bowl season to be back then, which was awesome slate of games on New Year's Day. Still had your Rose Bowl. You still had the Orange Bowl. You still had the Sugar Bowl. So the Nokia these, Sugar And the Fiesta Bowl. bowl. And the Tostitos Fiesta yeah. Bowl. Yeah. All the original sponsors as well. I don't know. Beef O'Brady's was edible. 
You with a magic wand, you go right back to that era and that set of rules. Or you have what you have really starting next year. But what you have now, which is new quarterback every year. You're not really recruiting high school like you are the rest of college football. You have players that are making more than most of your assistant coaches, you know, like the top players. Like, is that what you like? Do you like college football now more, or would you rather have it back then, even if you're not getting that awesome playoff? All right. I think, judging by recruiting, I think there's 15 teams based on recruiting alone over the last year, this last this last cycle that can say they have a chance at a national championship by 2025, 26. I don't think I could say that 10, 15 years ago or in 2002. I don't think I could say that. Now, Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken, they started that season unranked. The 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes were unranked to start that season. Uh, and there'd be reasons for that, obviously. But I don't think that they were ranked. And if they were, they might have been 24th. Um, there is a magic to the old days. It's, I think the NCAA got exactly what they wanted out of this. I think that they wanted to open up the floodgates, give everybody this experience that they had been clamoring for, and now you're starting to see a lot of people. Bulls don't mean anything. Bowl season sucks now. Now everybody's jumping ship, and these are th- and they're still getting skewered for it in their mentions. But I don't think there's as many people doing it as they used to. Because before, I think again, there's certain things that I think a lot of people say because I think they want some run on on social media, and I think pay the players and and all that stuff is is part of it. And I think that now you have this system where they just opened it to everything, and now you can't even pass any legislation on. Like they wanted to kind of, what do they want to do to the transfer rule recently? It's like, well, you can't do that because they're not employees, so you can't stop them from le- from leaving when they're not employees. Mm. And I think this is what the NCAA wanted. And I said this to you a couple years ago when they first did an IL. I go, the NCAA is going to be wanted. What their goal is is they're going to want their institutions begging them to put regulation in. And and what I think is going to happen, it's going to make everybody more money. It's going to make the top programs more money. But what I also think this is going to do, it's going to go, okay, we can't have, it's not good for business to have Enzo Lima, who is a five-star quarterback, go to Ohio State. He doesn't get the start. He pouts. He goes to the transfer portal, and then he starts at Georgia. Or vice versa, you go, he pouts at Georgia, he ends up at Ohio State, and everything's fine. I think that those stories are good here and there, like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow didn't pout, but you get what I'm saying. I think those stories are good here and there, like Joe Burrow. I think that it becomes very tiresome, and I think a lot of people have already grown tired of that transfer portal Oh, and stuff. also 2002, you get the old conferences back. You get the normal Big Ten, you get the Pac-12. All right, well, now it kind of changes my thoughts and opinions. I didn't know about that. I kind of want to change back to the old way. <laughs> we got to bring this up on the air. Okay, well, bring because back the Big East. I, I like the Let's geography. Go. I like oh, the yeah. geography. Yeah, I you do. ruined I, the Big East basketball, which is the coolest thing Yeah, going. I, I mean, I like the geography of it. Um, I'll just say now, I, I, I still like it this way, but I think there needs to be regulation. And I think that they need to do certain things to make to be able to have regulation. Ken always a big regulation guy when he goes to the voting booth. That's what he's thinking about. You think you you folks think you know me? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.